This podcast is brought to you by the InterAstra Institute, the global public square for the business of space. Join us at interastra.space. She was wrestling with how to think about this choice, what to do. It melted into the many dozen other such short conversations with eager young people that I and every other astronaut have every single year. The next day, I emailed Megan again. It was a slightly sheepish note this time. I am the only person to have walked in space and gone to the deepest point in the ocean. Hi, I'm Kathy Sullivan, and I'm an explorer. Exploring doesn't always have to involve going to some remote or exotic place. It simply requires your commitment to put curiosity into action. So join me on this podcast journey as I reflect on lessons learned from life so far and from my brilliant and ever inquisitive guests. We'll explore together in this very moment from right where you are. Spaceship not required. Welcome to Kathy Sullivan Explores. Before we take off, I have a gift for you. I believe that no matter where you are today, an active thirst for knowledge will help unlock your ability to live a life of meaning and happiness. So I'm sharing some lessons I've learned on my road less traveled. Over at kathysullivanexplores.com, you'll find my seven astronaut tips to improving your life on Earth. When you sign up, I'll send them to you and also make sure you're the first to discover future podcast episodes and learn more about exciting adventures ahead. Just head on over to kathysullivanexplores.com. I got a baffling email from a stranger in the summer of 2008. An astronaut I didn't know offered to fly a memento for me on her upcoming space shuttle flight. I had designed a lady's brooch around the shooting star symbol of the NASA astronaut corps. It was a nice piece of jewelry that I much preferred to the small, spare, lapel pin shooting star we were issued as astronauts. Now this unknown astronaut was having one of the brooches made for herself to take along on her flight. She'd be happy to take mine aloft as well, she said, if it hadn't already been flown. Well, I was very excited at the prospect of having my pin fly in space, of course, but truly baffled as to why someone I didn't know would offer me one of the few precious slots available to her. NASA placed strict limits on how many personal items of what types space shuttle astronauts could take into space with them. The number was 10 back then, and all 10 items had to be small, lightweight, and earmarked for gifting to a specific named individual. For me, deciding which 10 people would have one of those coveted slots had been a challenge that made setting out wedding party seating seem like child's play. I couldn't imagine why this Megan MacArthur was offering one of her personal memento slots to me, but I was delighted to accept her offer. So I replied to her email and shipped my pin down to Houston. The flight was still many months away, and this exchange was soon pushed from my thoughts by the hubbub of everyday life. The mystery of the Megan memento deepened in December. Inside the Christmas card from my longtime friends, Jim and Pam Corey, I found a note from Jim saying, isn't it exciting that our Megan is finally going to fly in space? Look how far she's come since that day on the beach in Florida. And so I'm baffled again. Our Megan? Happily, Jim Corey is a collector of people with a vastly better memory for places and events than I have. I quickly shot him an email telling him about Megan's unexpected offer and asking him to solve my little mystery. Turns out I had met Megan 
very briefly back in 1993. She was competing on the UCLA team at the International Submarine Races in Fort Lauderdale. Subrace teams design and build human-powered submarines and compete to see which craft can make the fastest time along a prescribed track. The subs are small, open cockpit flooded vehicles, and the competitors are on scuba gear and usually propel their sub with bicycle mechanisms. Megan, as the smallest person on the team, was the cyclist for UCLA. I came to the Fort Lauderdale races that year to help hand out the prizes and to give the closing remarks. Jim met me at the start of the closing barbecue on the beach and said he had a favor to ask. There was a young woman on the UCLA team who had always wanted to be an astronaut. She was close to finishing up her aerospace engineering degree, but the subrace experience had opened her eyes to the wonders of the ocean, and she was wondering if she should switch to oceanography for graduate school. Would that hurt her chances of becoming an astronaut? Maybe even close the door completely? She was wrestling with how to think about this choice, what to do. Jim pointed me towards the UCLA team table and asked me to go talk to her. I grabbed a plate of food and sat next to this young woman at the team table. We can't have spent more than 30 minutes together, and I don't remember a single word I said. More than that, I didn't recall the encounter at all. It melted into the many dozen other such short conversations with eager young people that I and every other astronaut have every single year. My memory of it was completely blank until Jim replayed the scene for me. The next day, I emailed Megan again. It was a slightly sheepish note this time, confessing that I had completely forgotten about our meeting at the subraces and hoping that I had said something reasonably intelligent and useful that evening. Her immediate reply was that our encounter had changed her life. She had made the shift to oceanography, earned a PhD at Scripps Institution of Oceanography, and soon would launch into space. Coincidentally, on a mission to the Hubble Space Telescope, which I helped deliver to orbit on my second shuttle mission in 1990. The moral of this story for me is this. A brief encounter that was commonplace and unmemorable for me was a moment of life-changing mentoring for Megan MacArthur. I remind myself of this every time someone asks me about becoming an astronaut or about how to tackle some life challenge. Mentoring doesn't have to involve appointment calendars or explicit commitments to be a mentor. All it really takes sometimes is authentic presence, real listening, and a generous spirit. All it takes is a moment. By the way, Megan is in space aboard the International Space Station as I record this. She told her side of this story in a short video that she beamed down to Earth for Jim Corey to show at this year's International Subraces, which are on track to be held again this summer. You can watch her video at kathysullivanexplores.com forward slash Megan. That's M-E-G-A-N. I hope you enjoy it. Thanks so much for joining me on today's mission. For more solo shows and deep dives with incredible guests, along with all the ways to get the podcast and much more, head over to kathysullivanexplores.com. This podcast is brought to you by the Inter Astra Institute. 
New episodes are available on Spotify, Apple Music, and most everywhere podcasts are found. To be the first to know when the next episode drops, head over to interastra.space.